Oh, hey, Joe. That didn't sound that nice. <laughs> Do you need a redo? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, oh, man. Intro. Go, intro. Hey, this is Merrick. What episode are we on, Joe? 18? 19. Something. 19. Wow, we're nearing, we're nearing the... Uh... Oh, no, no, no. This is, sorry, this is 18. Uh, okay, all right. Episode 18, Watch Rotation Podcast. What are we talking about today? Um, firstly, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> well, since, you know, I'm wearing the classic quarantine outfit, um, Lacoste polo shirt and uh, no pants. How, how about you? Okay. Are you not wearing a watch? Oh, no, I'm wearing my longa. 1815 Saxomat 37 millimeter. That was what I meant. Oh, sorry. Uh, yellow gold. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, this is the stupidest podcast about watches or maybe anything. Yeah, it's okay. But somehow people keep listening. Uh, what are you wearing, man? Um, I have a no date sub. Ah, and tell everyone. Or just otherwise known as just sub. <laughs> when did you get that? Two liner. I got this <laughs> er- earlier today. Earlier. Earlier. All right. Now. Can you uh, can you tell us about what what like how how did you arrive at this watch? Because well, there's a little bit of a backstory, right? Not a backstory, but a thought process, right? Yeah. Well, let's. That's what I wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, something that I keep thinking about this, this watch sort of adds to my theory. So it's okay. whether or not, um, so obviously as collectors, you seek out, um, well, collectors want to seek out usually the best examples of certain watches. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you'll, you'll search as long as possible to find as long as uh, it takes to find um you know maybe like unpolished full set whatever the perfect one uh and i i every now and again i'll buy like just a a beater a beater watch that happens to be really cheap and I i find that they bring me a different amount of uh you know a whole whole different experience and and for me it's been more enjoyable than the, the absolute mint condition watches so i wanted mm-hmm. to talk about condition um you know enjoyment for uh, versus condition versus price etc what is the right formula of those three things i mean i i think it depends on the person too obviously that's what i was going to say i think it primarily depends on the person buying the watch um we're all a little bit different right um uh, even between you and i we're we're probably totally different i know that when you look for a watch for you condition is sort of a almost a secondary thing right like to you condition isn't really a detracting factor unless it's really really bad yeah i mean i'll own any watch in any condition as long as it's like wearable not like missing a lug or something uh you know to the point where you can't even mount a strap on or something like that but Mm -hmm. um as long as the price is appropriate that i paid for it yeah of course um well that's not always the case for certain people you know they some people just only want to buy the best and will avoid something of you know in a lesser condition yeah and and i'm probably somewhat one of those people um you know whenever it comes to a watch that i'm planning on keeping long term um i try to find the best example that i can but that's just primarily because i know I went, I wear my watches very lightly. Like I don't actually put a lot of wear on them over the you know months or years that I own them. So for me to get a really beat up one, it just sort of, I don't know, it doesn't really make that much sense because I can enjoy a pristine one for a very, very long time. Um, and, and a lot of times I'm willing to pay extra um, to get a higher quality uh, or I guess better quality, uh, better condition watch. The problem with that is, you know, sometimes you just don't have a choice. Like a watch, comes up that you've been looking for that only comes up every once in a while and you just kind of jump on it right well i guess if if you're looking for something that's a little bit rare 
Mm-hmm. Whereas most of the stuff I buy is probably not that rare. But still, you know, there's only so many watches available for sale at a, at a given time, right? Like even for watches that are common, you'll be only able to find a few examples that are, you know, within kind of a reasonable price range at a given time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look right now on the market for like a sub, there's maybe like under 10 that are reasonably, reasonably priced out of the probably, you know, 50 or so for sale. Um, just made like on the forums or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously on eBay, there's probably like 4,000 of them. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that. Um, I don't know. I, I think how, how do you keep, I, how do you keep your watches? So pristine what is your what is your secret are you, you're always wearing you, long sleeve long sleeve shirts <laughs> no I, I i don't but often i do i do wear long sleeve shirts but that's actually um that can actually scratch the bezel on on a gold watch believe it or not if, if your shirt is a little rough mm-hmm. uh, it can leave marks on the even a stainless steel watch honestly i think it can um no yeah it, it depends on the the texture if you have like a Maybe like some sort of flannel watch or flannel, <laughs> flannel, <laughs> flannel watch, uh, flannel shirt with you know that's like a little bit more of a coarse like yeah outdoorsy exactly. fabric or something. You're definitely yeah exactly put some hairline scratches in there. Yeah, but I think like you know this just stems from me always just taking care of my stuff. Uh, so whenever I wear a watch that's uh, a bit more expensive, uh, which which is almost always now considering my collection has kind of shrunk and got a little focused. Um, I, I just have this like mental bubble in my head. So whenever I, you know, walk by a wall or another person or doorways or things like that, I try to protect my wrist in a way that, uh, you know, people probably don't notice that I do this, but I just do it naturally. Um, yeah. I, I do that too. Um, where if I'm like walking through a, a threshold of a door or something like that, I just turn my body, you know, I, my, left uh left arm which is the one that i have a watch on i'll sort of just put it behind my body just so i'm sort of oh yeah as narrow as possible going through the door like a spear (laughs) it's like a car that like gets on two wheels (laughs) yeah no exactly so so you know what i mean um but i don't even think about that anymore um that just sort of happens yeah yeah, I feel like it's almost like driving manual. You just stop thinking about it and you just do it and you can kind of turn off your brain and continue doing it. So I think that's how I primarily, um, um, you know, take care of my watches. And that's all it takes. I don't know. I know people who, and also, you know, when I'm like sitting down at a desk, I never let the watch touch the desk itself. Yeah, um, usually I don't do that either. Yeah, I mean, it's especially for bracelet watches, um, I think that's important so that you don't want to, you know, um kind of damage the bracelet yeah and and, you know especially when you're like typing on a computer or something like that that makes it even worse so do you ever do anything that is uh like that has more risk than just like going to your car sitting at a desk um yeah of course i mean um (laughs) you know, I'm in the medical profession. Um, there's times, you know, you, you talk to patients, you examine patients. Like I've had a uh, stethoscope uh, chest piece actually swing and hit one of my, wa- I forget which watch this was at this point. Uh, it was a long time ago, but it like the, the chest piece, which is made of metal actually hit the watch straight on. Um, I don't think it left a mark because there's like a, uh, like a rubber kind of gasket on it. Uh, but still like there's this risk. And I think I've told the story before where I was uh, on my OB rotation. Have I told you this? I don't know. Um, so I was on my OB rotation and we were about to do a pelvic exam on this woman. And I was pulling out the um, like the stirrups for her feet to rest on. Oh, I think it's and me. Yeah, and they had this like knurled uh, kind of uh, ring on them that uh, was for adjusting the height. And I slammed my Grand Seiko right into it. And it left like a it just left like an imprint on the bezel that was the same exact texture as obviously the inverse of uh, that neural thing. And I just looked at it. I think I audibly, I like out loud, I just said, fuck. And I just continued. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. So, um, you know, that, that was like a, that wasn't like a crazy grand sake or anything. So, um, but it still hurt it. So I do those things. I don't know. I know you like, you tend to kind of wear your watch, whatever you're doing. Right. So you don't take it off for certain things. Uh 
I guess it depends on the the day. De- mm-hmm. So when I set off in the you know in the beginning of the day, I'll sort of choose a watch that fits what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like I sort of like the idea of just being able to wear any watch at any p- point in time. That's why I have this like weird this weird requirement that all of my watches have to be swimmable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the idea that I can just put on any watch and just wear it throughout the day, but that's not always realistic. But um, I, when you go home, I know, I think you've mentioned in the past, when you're home, you usually aren't wearing a watch. You take it off and, and put it, uh, put it where it needs, where, where it belongs. Yeah. I usually, <laughs> or belongs. Yeah. Usually when I get home, um, I, I take off a watch um, or the watch that I'm wearing and um I don't know. I just feel like I don't think I have a need for wearing a watch at home. Yeah, no, it makes sense for me. I'm sort of like a, like, uh, it sort of coordinates with when I get dressed and then when I go to sleep. So in the morning after, um, I get ready, I'm ready to leave the house or whatever. Uh, I'll, or after I get dressed, I'll put a watch on and then I won't take it off pretty much until I go to sleep. Sometimes I'll wear the watch even to sleep. (laughs) See, to me, people that do is this. kind of crazy. I know people, people do, this, do this, but to yeah. me, it makes no sense. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, like, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing. It's not even about, it has nothing to do with, I think for maybe some people, but for me, it has nothing to do with reading the time. There are occasions where I'll wake up in the middle of the night and, and read the time, but I don't know. It's just this weird thing about, like, I, I don't want to take the watch off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't. I, no, actually, I wouldn't no, do it with any of your watches. Make, yeah, no, I feel like that's just like I don't. You you can't have your mental bubble when you're asleep and you like flail and and hit the the watch against the headboard or something like that. You know. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely possible. I wouldn't do it with any of the watches that you own. Um, like any sort of dress watch that makes no sense to me. But you have a watch on a bracelet, like a Rolex, for example, and or you know even an Omega, something that's you know a fairly everydayable watch mm-hmm. and you sort of just want to put it on and then just not think about it and just have it on all the time that's that's the way i think about it just even like showering sleeping anything you kind of just want to have it on yeah i know some people who have worn their watch to sleep when um or just because they wanted to desensitize the wrist to the like feeling of a watch on the wrist some people you know how, like there are people like oh i can't wear a watch because it's not comfortable on my wrist I, that type of person yeah i've heard of this type of person <laughs> yeah look so we don't normally associate with that type of person um but like, maybe like I, i've heard of people trying to like they just wear their watch all the time so that they never have that feeling of like you know putting a watch on and it being uncomfortable because they get just kind of like desensitized to it yeah well maybe now that everyone's staying home and stuff then we'll have some people have to try that out to uh to re um numb their wrist of the feeling people need to get like lidocaine injections into their wrists so they can strap their watch on and be comfortable actually one thing one thing this is my pro tip in the the winter months the dry the dry air you got to keep your wrist very well lubed up and the watch will if you're wearing a watch on a bracelet it will stay nicely in place and not slide around that's my pro tip like if you have you ever noticed in the summer when you're wearing a bracelet watch it sort of just stays where it needs to be and then yeah. in the winter it just slides around yeah i know what you mean because your 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 arm gets like it's like humid and stuff but i think it also has to do with the fact that in uh summer your wrists might be like a, a slightly bit bigger it's uh, true but sometimes even I, know, if, I know what you mean the stickiness dude like even the yeah, heaviest yeah. watches on the bracelet like the planet ocean like it would not slide down because uh, like you know stickiness. lubrication <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I have the capacity to treat a watch very well. And if I have a watch that sort of demands that, um, because it's in this sort of a collector grade condition, then I'll go that route. But I guess the whole point of today's discussion, and this applies to more than just watches, at least for me, um, is whether you should get something that's, let's say like pre-loved, (laughs) pre-used, pre, uh, uh, someone shit while they were wearing the watch. 
Uh. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, I mean, I think, okay, I think the first question you need to ask yourself when you're trying to decide on this thing is like, how are you planning on wearing this watch? What is this watch going to mean to you? And what is the purpose of you getting this watch? I think, yeah. So I guess th- this applies to, so the type of buyer that's like me, which is probably pretty much like, 80 at least 80 percent of the population of uh you know the watch community Mm -hmm. they're buying sport watches and they're buying watches that they think they could wear pretty much all the time like every Mm -hmm. day or in a you know small rotation but very few people are collecting these very high-end dress pieces right i would imagine that these days most people are after sports watches yes yeah yeah so that's keep in mind that that that's like the the majority of people uh by a healthy amount i'd say so but i know that there are people who you know but you they buy a sports watch are you still there dude yeah i'm still here so people buy a sports watch but they don't actually wear it in a way that causes a lot of um, scratches or damage to it um so, like I said, I think you need to ask yourself, if you want to buy a watch that you're going to sort of pamper and, and not, you know, wear in a hard way, wear it under a, a cuff, or generally, if you're just like easy on your watches, um, you may want to go for a nicer example so that you, you know, it, it stays that way for a long time. So, so let me give you some, some real, some real world examples here. Because um, I guess this is the whole point of this. So obviously, I mean, I've had a lot of watches that are like very mint condition. Um, like I think I had a brand new, uh, pretty much a brand new, uh, no date Submariner ceramic. Um, and that was before I dropped it. Uh, and I mean, the, the watch, like that, that's one of my favorite watches, just the 114060 no date sub. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I had that watch and when I have watches that are in really good condition, I'm sort of thinking about that all the time while I'm wearing them. And I'm, I get into this, this weird sort of uh, habit where I'm inspecting the watch for damage after I wear it and while I'm wearing it just to see if, mm-hmm. you know, I've maybe hit it on anything. Um, and then at that same time, I happened to purchase a, the ceramic GMT. Um, okay. And when I got that watch, you know, I got, I got it for the day they discontinued it. So obviously like the price had yet to, to go up. So, you know, you'd say they're, they're, that I bought it at a pretty good price. Um, and that thing was just like beat to crap. It had like a gouge out of the Cyclops. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? It had like some pretty big uh, gouges in the, the case. Um, what else? And like the whole bracelet was just absolutely just scratched to the point where there was no more polished center links. And at the, so I had here, like I had these two watches next to each other. I had this brand new Submariner and I had this GMT that was beat to shit. And I just put the GMT on my wrist and I just wore it for a few days. And mm-hmm. I didn't do any of the, you know, inspecting the watch for damage, et cetera, et cetera. I just wore it and didn't take it off and just enjoyed it. And that eventually led to me selling the sub because I was just like, huh, I, I can sort of be afraid to wear this watch or, um, you know, just be concerned about it. Or I can wear this other one where I could, you know, roll it down a, a set of stairs and it's not really going to affect the value of the watch at all. It's not really going to affect how it looks. And I don't know. It, it was just, kind of an eye-opening experience um i mean i can relate to that because i think um most of my watches that are pristine i actually tend to avoid wearing um because then all i'm doing is just kind of like being careful about not scratching them right like i'm wearing the watch and i'm not actually enjoying it because i'm just like oh shit that i just like a scratch in that like is my cuff rubbing too hard against it you know like stupid stuff like that 
Well, that, that's um, how I that's how I picture you just as a human. <laughs> well, that, I mean, we're we're uh, both like we both come from like we're very specific. We come from like an engineering background, we're pretty like detail oriented. So a lot of these little stupid nuances of things. I mean, oh, and that applies to like a lot of watch people in general. I mean, are very important. So, but yeah, we over overthink these like stupid situations of, for example, your your shirt material rubbing on the bezel of the watch. Whereas you most people like, don't think about this, right? <laughs> I hope I hope most people don't that they have actual problems in their life. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's crazy. I, I like if you look at all of my jackets that have like a button, I have taped the underside of the button on all of my like left the left sleeves of all my jackets. Dude, you gotta you gotta do that. Yeah, it's it's um, crazy. Um but yeah, no, I, I, I paid attention to stuff like that too and uh so now in quarantine, um, um, I have two watches with me um, and they both are sort of not perfect. But I think because of that, um, you know, exactly what we talked about, I enjoy wearing them without caring too much. And uh, that's actually what my longer, I don't, this, this watch has a pretty big gouge in the bezel. Yep. Uh, and we talked about this in the past. Once I send it to longer, they're going to laser fill that and all that. Um, but like when I wear it, I don't really worry too much about it because I know it's already, you know, it's been well worn. Um, and whenever I send it in, they'll just bring it back to original condition or close to it. Um, yep. Same thing with my Blanc Pond, uh, the Le Mans. And that's that's also in gold. That's in white gold. So also, again, soft metal. A um, couple gouges in the bezel. Um, I'll be eventually sending that watch probably to LA Watchworks to just get the bezel touched up and then to Blanc Pond to get it serviced and the rest of the case kind of uh, refinished because the rest of the case is actually really just surface scratches or like hairlines. Um, so knowing that, that like I have it in a pipeline to service both these watches and eventually bring them back to 100%, um, I just wear them. I mean, I don't, I don't beat them. You know, I don't like slam them against things. I'm, I still employ all of my usual preventative measures, but I don't really obsess over like the perfection. Um, and, and the perfect example of the opposite of that is my uh, Platinum Chopard because I bought that essentially new old stock. There's not a, there was not a single mark on it. Um, it was advertised as never worn and I wore it. And I, I, that day I wore like a pretty tight sweater. Like the sweater was tight around this. <laughs> it, it was tight. <laughs> it had like pretty tight uh, sleeves, I guess. Like the, you know, the part around the wrist was like pressing the watch into me. And I just remember sitting there, <laughs> this is getting weird. I remember sitting there and thinking like, shit, like that's rubbing pretty hard against the watch right now. <laughs> and this is, and this is why we're weird. Yeah. So what has, have you, if you had to answer this question right now, have you enjoyed owning the platinum show part? And um, if you, if so, what has your enjoyment been Describe to me? And then if you yeah. have time at the end, tell me about your childhood. <laughs> so um, I've enjoyed the Chopard by just the fact of ownership. I don't know of another one in uh, platinum with the salmon dial. Um, and I've enjoyed, re I've really enjoyed taking photos of it and just admiring it from a distance. But that one day I wore it, I don't think I was having the best time because I thought I was, the only thing in my head was like, this is the first time this watch is being worn and it's been 20 years since it's been made. Like, yeah. what am I doing here? Why am I wearing this tight sweater? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that took away from um, a lot of the enjoyment. But if you were to kind of ask me, would I rather have a slightly scratched up one for less money or this like NOS star, uh, uh, um, condition one for uh, a, more money? I would still take this because it's it's such a like time capsule. It's still amazing to me. You, I, I think you can still enjoy a watch without, um, you know, wearing it consistently with with no worry. Um, so what what does the future hold for that for that watch? I've worn and, it twice. And, and you, I've had so, it for like yeah. Okay, so um, I've worn it twice. I wore it one time to brunch, and that was a mistake because I just thought about that sweater. <laughs> But then I wore it on Christmas um, and I wore, you know, just like a button down shirt uh, with long sleeves. That was like fairly loose sleeves. I don't think that that was scratching the watch in any way. So I actually had a really um, 
I wasn't thinking about that at that time. And Sorry, I think are I you saying you're, watch. you're wearing it on like special days? You'll pull it out and sort of that is take yeah. take very good care of it. Uh, but it's some sort of occasion that that calls for it. Yeah, I don't think I'd wear that watch on a kind of a casual basis like I do with my watches that are a bit more worn. Um, so let's say you have five watches like that. Um, not that exact watch, but this exact type of situation where they're like pristine and they're collector's items. Mm-hmm. Do you have enough special occasions happening to use all of them? I doubt it. I think I think there's enough special occasions for like for me at least, like maybe two, like two, two wa- yeah. maybe two watches. So um, I really wanted to um, like I just graduated, um, even though it was like a graduation over Zoom. Um, did you graduate from the watch trading academy (laughs) no dude i'm not that smart come on um but like i really wanted to wear my raj dibley sympathy because that watch just has i don't know it just evokes a lot of emotion somehow uh in me and i wanted to wear that watch but uh it it just you know i couldn't get it uh because there was a situation where like i couldn't get them out of the bank and then um i just gave them to my parents to hold on to um because i don't want to hold them in my apartment so the only two watches I had were my Blunt Pond and my Longa, and obviously I wore the Longa. Um, but that would have been that's one of those pretty occasions, good one, though. you know? Yeah. No, that's that's what I mean. I, I kind of got this watch. I wanted I wanted an 1815 for graduation. Like, that was on my mind for a while. And even though I got this one a little bit ahead of time, I still think it's going to hold that sentimental value um, as I move forward. I don't ever see myself selling this watch, honestly. Yeah, for, knowing you, I feel like that was honestly a good, a good move, wearing a Longa. Yeah. Like, like, dude, I cannot think of a, a watch in this price range that I would enjoy more. M- maybe the same version in like white gold or something. But then again, um, not, not very far off, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. So let's, so, I mean, you have a, quite a few of these, these uh, watches that are in, you know, that you can't really buy again and they're in unbelievable condition. Um, what is, what is the future hold for those types of watches i mean do you just not wear them and just look at them um so let me think i i still wear outside of the um the platinum chopard and the sympathy i actually wear all my watches pretty equally um all the other ones are um not fully mint even though they're very nice, they're not like beat up by any means, but I still wear those without much worry. It's just when I pick up a watch that's like, you know, like really virgin, I, I'm, I question like strapping that thing on the wrist and, you know, going about town. Um, yeah. But like, you know, so to bring up like a point, if I had a choice to get another one of, each, like, let's, let's say like I, ha- I have whatever, eight watches right now. If I had a choice to buy a beat up version of that watch for a whole lot less money and just like have a duplicate that I could wear and not worry, I would be so happy. Mm -hmm. So like sometimes, you know, if I'm looking for these watches and I see a fairly beat up one, I would not automatically cross it off the list. I would actually very much so consider it. If the price is right, then you can just enjoy the watch um, and not really worry about it. Like that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I sort of do this with, with cars also i always buy just i'll usually have like one or usually like one nicer car or um i don't know maybe uh, i've had a few cars uh a a few a fleet of of shitty cars before but (laughs) i usually have uh like one nicer car and then i'll buy like whatever random good deals i can find on on shitty cars and while my nice car is tucked away sitting in the garage, which, you know, when I do take it out, I enjoy it. The other cars, I form just a completely, just a completely different type of attachment to, um, mm-hmm. that I would say is much, a much more like positive, much stronger, uh, experience than the one that's just sitting there being unused. So for mm-hmm. example, like I have my Scion that I paid $400 for. And mm-hmm. I spend probably 80, 90% of the time I'm driving, I'll drive that car now and, until it blows up. Um, and I mean, I am I, pretty much like floored 100% of the time, 100% throttle. And <laughs> I, take, I take turns at like to the point of- It's a of, digital switch. It's, it's on and off. The throttle yeah. is on and off. Well, I rewired the throttle to just like a, a flip, a, a flip switch. It, it's, it's like a toggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And well, it actually has a cable throttle that car. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just something about that type of experience. And, and that to me is like buying a beat up Rolex and just wearing it all the time versus buying that, you know, uh, FP Jean or long or whatever, and just like tucking it away and, and just never wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, there's something about like just kind of abusing something or just using it in such a way where it's exactly how you want to use it. And it, it doesn't, you know, really cross your mind of, you know, the thought of like taking care of it. It's just, you, you do with it what, um, what it was intended for and you don't worry mm-hmm. about like longevity or condition, et cetera. You're sort of just like a consumer, uh, you know, you're just like using the object and having it last for so long or, um, you know, pr- perform at such a level for a very long period of time that brings you some level of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, so for like, for example, my Scion, I, you know, beat the crap out of it. It has like 230,000 miles and nothing's wrong with it. Literally zero things. And then that brings me some sort of enjoyment. And then when I had my GMT, that watch kept literally perfect zero seconds per day time. And it was a 12 year old watch, never had been serviced. And I'm sure the thing had, has been banged around and no one, you know, cared about it whatsoever. And you just you know, that that's what really defines like a high quality product in my opinion. So you have these like German cars that, that are, you know, um, great engineering when they work, but for, I, th- I think if you sort of misuse it in, in such a way, then, um, you know, things can get pretty expensive real fast. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have a Toyota product and it's, it's not very flashy or whatever, you know, it's just pretty simple, but you can, abuse the thing for 30 years and it's just going to work. And that's the sort of philosophy that I seem to really enjoy in my, my purchases. Um, so I don't know. Is this just, it it depends on the person, but, um, I've just, since I got this, this no date sub and since, um, I, I sort of I, every now and again I'll buy these these gems where I'll buy them just because they're cheap and I don't expect much out of them but I end up wearing them and just enjoying them much more than I had originally intended uh, and and I'm sure you can tell when I'm enjoying watches also because we talked a yeah. lot yeah and I mean touching on your car point I think I think there is something to it because at a certain point where um, you know even when I got my so for 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 those who don't know we actually have the same car. <laughs> You have my car, bitch. <laughs> yeah, except mine is better. It's fine, dude. Um, <laughs> um, we, we both have a Lexus as well, the GS350. And when I was shopping for mine, I um, I was a little bit fixated on finding kind of the perfect example. Um, but then I found one that was like not not a perfect car. Mechanically, obviously, well-maintained. But, uh, you know, I had, I had a couple of like, you know, paint blemishes and things like that, a couple of scratches here and there. Uh, not, not the most, you know, uh, perfect car, but the price um, was very appropriate for, you know, the, the condition of the car. And I thought the same thing. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get this car and enjoy it. And even though it has these like tiny blemishes, I'm not going to have to worry about it when I, you know, park it somewhere and stuff like that. Or, you know, someone dinging into me. It's, uh, you know, the car, it's not bad, but, it's not like getting a brand new car and then just like, you know, parking it super far away and worrying about it the whole time. Uh, yeah. So I, and, I gave and, myself that peace of mind, you know? And there's stuff that's out of your control too, especially with cars. Cause you have people getting in and out of them that, that aren't the owner and you know, people don't really give a shit about stuff or even if they do care, they, they do stuff unintentionally. Uh, just cause they're not thinking about things in the same way that you and I think about them. Um, yeah, exactly. you know, just caring for or using things properly. Um, so, you know, shit's going to happen. And if, if you're sort of in this, this mindset of like, um, you know, I, I bought it to use it and the price I paid was fair or, you know, I'm, I'm not, I can use it and abuse it and I'm not going to lose any money or, you know, um, I don't know. It's just nice. It's, it's very, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't distract from 
enjoy, enjoying the object. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it does a whole lot, especially if you, if you keep that in mind, like I, I paid the right amount for this. Um, I, I think it's, um, it, it can be a very benefit, uh, like beneficial thing. Um, so, so your, that's your peace of mind, you know? Yeah. So price is one thing. So, um, obviously if, you know, a new one costs X amount and then you get one that's like functionally all the same and maybe has a couple blemishes and, you know, you can get it for half the price. That's obviously very, you know, very convincing, uh, argument. Now that obviously that, um, you know, it's not like you can buy a, a slightly scratched car for half the price, but just as an example, um, well, it, it, I mean, it was half of MSRP. Well, yeah, I guess MSRP. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, so being able to fix issues, um, I guess we're sort of riding the line between cars and watches here, but let's say with a watch, if you have, um, if you know that if you send it in for service and they can laser weld, for example, and add metal and bring back the condition, regardless of how you send it in, that obviously adds a huge amount of peace of mind. Um, so like, obviously with Rolexes, that's like the huge thing, right? So you can pretty much take a Dremel tool and like cut off the lugs and someone will be able to fix it. You can wear the bracelet until the pins. Um, so I was actually looking at some, the other day of like some bracelet repairs and people wear them down so much that the links start to dig into um, the adjacent links because the pins are so flimsy mm -hmm. and it'll actually pretty much cut the metal um, wear the metal away. So they have to laser weld the links to actually add material and like bridge uh, parts uh, pieces that were oh eaten away. Yeah. I, so that's I horrible. Like a, I feel like at that point it's just like, just get a new bracelet. But listen they're fixing it and it comes back and it's the same as it was not let's not say new but maybe like a year or two after two years after it was new i'd say is that's how it's gonna be uh they're mm -hmm. not returning it to like oem spec obviously but it, maybe like a year or two after you you got it it's gonna be pretty much the same as that yeah, um, i've seen some of those it's pretty it's pretty crazy work actually it's, it's quite impressive yeah so for example that for me allows me to sort of buy and wear Rolexes pretty carefree. I'll, I'll buy Rolexes in any condition as long as, like I said, as long as the price is appropriate and um, it pretty much comes down to price. That's it. As long as it's wearable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I don't know. This, this is just a, it's, it's hard. We can't really say this is better or this is worse because everyone is different, but um it's it's just a, a thinking point right for yeah and, and I think collecting a, sort of strategy uh collecting mindset yeah and there's definitely a value in each each one of these um and you can always you know kind of go in the middle and get something that's not super beat up that's still within kind of the standard and um i, I think you know there's a purpose for each um yeah. dude, just the, don't be I, the person that buys like i mean i'm sure there's people, there's probably people that listen that but it's it actually like causes me physical pain if someone buys like a let's say a submariner and then they'll only wear it on like a special occasion that that's the that's the worst thing because that watch is so much more than just um you know a, a special occasion piece in fact it's probably maybe not even appropriate to wear for special occasions yeah that's a pretty bad special occasion watch if you ask me it's, it's yeah it's not a dress watch like that's a watch you need to just be wearing all the time yeah, just slap it on and forget it, essentially. Wear a sweater that presses it into you. <laughs> Dude, I was so stressed out that day. I remember eating my brunch and I was just like, man, I should not have worn this watch today. I know, we, we talk, obviously we talk about this all the time and we're not recording podcasts and just, I have this impression of you just, just walking around, just like bubble wrapped wrist, like Panerai <laughs> uh, case protector or whatever all the time and uh, you just you live a sad life gotta do what you gotta do to keep your mind at bay right yeah so buy shitty watches or, or if, buy you need nice help, watches. if you need help finding <laughs> shitty watches then uh we can definitely find them for you oh man there's some, there's some uh there's some gems out there it, it i feel like 
it depends on the model obviously but i feel like there's a whole lot more like i don't know i feel like whenever i'm looking for something i find like the really beat up ones first well no for you it's really beat up for other people it's mint condition but you know what it is it's like a it's like a double standard right so like when you're buying a watch someone's gonna say oh it's mint but then when you sell them the same watch they're gonna be like dude it's it's like beat up yeah that's true um that's you're that's you're more critical though peeves. than a lot of people so no, yeah i am and and recently actually i sold a watch to someone who complained about like micro scratches um and i i you know i try to be true like honest about how i listen you're one of the most and, honest sellers i've seen like dude i just say like there's scratch and I, on this watch i literally did not see much um um and it was a it was a tank so kind of like all polished case it kind of hides a little bit of those uh scratches and somehow you know he asked me for a video so i sent him a video and i don't know the video didn't show it all that well either uh probably because it got compressed when i sent it uh and, and but he was super reasonable about the whole thing and i acknowledged that like you know um yeah there, there are scratches there they're like you know uh some some hairlines maybe a little bit deeper than a hairline just by a touch but um you know, he was extremely reasonable with, with um how he wanted to proceed uh, but it, it happens, you know, even there, there might even be people more critical than me out there, which is a little hard to believe. Maybe I, when I'm I buying hate, a watch, yeah, it's different. I would hate to think, of, think that that's possible. <laughs> Can you imagine someone more anal than me? Oh, man. Especially as a buyer. Oh, have fun. Have fun selling a watch to me. Um, but I think it also comes down to, like, uh, representing the watch correctly, right? So if someone tells me, listen, this watch is fairly beat up and they send me photos. Um, I'm not going to be like disappointed or angry. Uh, but if someone tells me like it's in great condition and then I get it and it's like so far from great condition that even, you know, like majority of people would agree, even like lay people would agree that this is not in great condition. Um, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, I guess uh, that that's true. If you have low expectations, then um, well, yeah, I guess it it mostly the other way. If you have high expectations or something, and then it doesn't doesn't deliver, then that's a pretty good way to to have a bad uh, bad relationship relationship with a watch immediately. And I've had that happen before, Mo- mm-hmm. more so when I started getting into watches way back in the in the uh, no, it was still after the recession, so. <laughs> after the uh, what i'm sorry <laughs> the the recession the previous recession <laughs> it, it wasn't that long ago. recession yeah. yeah um but um yeah like i'll i'll get a watch and i'm expecting it to be like brand new and then it'll have some some damage or whatever somewhere and it just stands out to you and you can't get it out of your head yeah um, so, I, I think it like i think there's certain things that people um omit when they're describing condition, which can kind of creep up on you. Um, I think one of them, which I found the most often to be the case is um, AR coding scratches. Most people don't mention them. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not I'm not that critical about that because it's truly like, you can't really avoid that. I mean, that, that just happens. No, you can, if you're me, you can. Like you can yeah. literally have a watch with AR coding and I mean, not I can. anywhere in it. I can, but I don't expect other people to. So it, it happens. I mean, and crystals yeah, are not. I, Crystals are the most replaceable thing on a watch, pretty much. So, well, no, I assume now that there are like micro scratches. Yep. Sometimes, if it's a watch that I'll be, you know, keeping uh, long term, I'll ask specifically. And if there are, just just so I know, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, out of curiosity, I'll ask before I buy the watch. Uh, yeah, I don't know, even ask questions a- anymore to people because it's just too much work. I just assume that the watches are going to be average condition, which is like you know the condition that are probably 80 or 90 percent of the watches i buy are in yeah and i know people will say that they're better or whatever it's mint condition um <laughs> i can't find anywhere on the watch if i look yeah you know so, stuff so, like that and you're like okay i know it's gonna be like every other watch i've ever bought um yeah, I know, you know the I issue know. is then you get the watch i've had someone say uh, you know excellent condition and you know brand new whatever they send you the worst photos in the world of course and you can't really, you have to make a judgment call. And of course, I, I don't like to waste people's time. So I don't ask for like, you know, a video, 400 photos, whatever. Can you send me a, a picture with your your foot in the corner with no sock on? And I, and I want, I want the, the watch to be lit by moonlight. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll just 
take a gamble and and go for it and i've had watches that were described as great condition that have like that have dense like uh, i'm trying to think of something that how to describe the size of this but um like huge gouges out of the case that like, pretty much only you would get if you dropped the the watch and it landed mm-hmm. on a lug so yeah i've, I've seen you sent me photos yeah so uh, it, it's hard it's hard Assume um, that every watch is going to suck <laughs> condition wise, I guess, unless yeah. you, unless, unless you you're, get, yeah, I feel like unless you get like excellent photos, um, yep. assume it could be a lot worse than described. I, I think yeah. that's what, I feel like that's what you, uh, what, uh, you know, watch trading Academy might not teach you. Uh, well, or, or even, I, well, it depends. A lot of those people may not even be really into, I don't know. Um, into but, watches. Yeah, or like you know, in in a collector way, they're more just concerned about values. Yeah, like the the market value. But I guess this is a this is a good uh, point though. Is just set your expectation. Don't have such high expectations for something unless you know for a fact it's going to be a certain way. You're gonna you're gonna receive it in a certain way because if you have if you have low expectations and it's better, then that's that's fantastic. You you know you feel like you won something, right? But if you have high expectations and it, it doesn't deliver, then I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that will almost always end in just selling the watch or just not really wearing it that much. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, keeping low expectations about generally everything in life is, is a good advice. Yeah, when choosing a podcast host. <laughs> um, You're welcome. The, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty good on this. I, I guess the, to end it, one thing I'd suggest is if there's any people, cause there are people out there that are maybe in our situation that, you know, have just had a lot of experience, um, like with a lot of different watches. So you sort of learn this as you go, but I know there are some people out there that have only bought, maybe they've only bought new before. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've only bought the mintiest of new condition or mintiest of pre-owned watches before. Um, but you know, if you ever if you ever find a a good price on something that is maybe a little bit more used, then then try it out. Try getting a watch that that you can wear. Sorry, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Try getting a watch that you can can wear um, carelessly and see if see if uh, see how it feels. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think the, the, the thought that usually keeps me um, sort of sane when, whenever I'm wearing a watch that's beat up is, again, you can wear it, enjoy it as it is beat up. And then once you're ready, you can send it into the appropriate people and they'll take care of it, bring it back to what it should be like. It's yep. like nothing is really ever lost these days with, you know, we're, I feel like we're both really big advocates of laser welding. Um, yeah, laser welding is, I mean, and you have to have the the right person where you know, of course they, they can yeah. they can uh restore the original original uh, shape of the case even even the rolexes they, they don't look the ones i've seen um obviously every model is different so different uh different size bevels and things like that but um i mean they look pretty damn good uh but there's been a couple that i see them like, maybe it's not exactly the same as original but i mean they they're also like extremely high macro, uh, um, high magnification photos. So mm-hmm. you, you look at it in person, you probably don't even see the bevel. So, <laughs> uh, and you look at it in photos and it looks huge, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it laser welding. I mean, I, I've seen firsthand what can be done and fairly cheaply also. Um, I, when I dropped my sub, I, someone gave me a quote for, I think it was 120 bucks in like, like two days to have that fixed. Uh, wow. and, and was that, that was the like was huge... that the company was that the company I usually go with or no it was no one that you it was it was uh someone that I've dealt with someone else okay um and yeah it's just it's not worth it's not worth worrying about it's no, if no, you really. can drop um, a sub on concrete floor and fix it for 120 bucks and it's gonna be you know it, you're not gonna be able to detect that something happened then what's the point of of worrying I mean yeah yeah, I actually saw a sub the other day that had a case replacement um, on on uh, for sale. You you saw that? I sent it to you, I think. Right? No, I don't think I did. 
Oh yeah, it had a it had documents too. It had a case replacement and then a document with a new serial number, and it um, recognized the old serial number and then the the new serial number on the same document, so you could track the history. Interesting. So I actually did have a partial case replacement with one of my watches that I uh, used to own. Yep. Um, and and it, it's doable for sure. And it was actually not that expensive. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a watch is a watch, right? Like you know, you can make it from the components. Uh, you know, it, it is a sum of its parts if you just think about it in a literal sort of sense. Yep. Everything is replaceable as long as the company's still around. They have and they have spare parts. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty good on this uh, on this. Yeah, topic. me too. I, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if, if someone someone listening, maybe they've never thought about oh, yeah. this before. It's a pro- I'd be surprised if they've never thought about it before. But I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Would you um, Would you like to ask people if they would like to ask us some questions? Yeah, I would. I would like you to do that because I don't know anyone. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, if you guys have any questions that you'd like to have answered to, you know, the best of our ability, which is fairly limited, but we can give it a shot, uh, feel free to message, um, either myself or Joe, uh, with those questions. And, uh, you know, within the next episode, probably we'll be able to, uh, answer some of those. We can make it like a, like a segment, you know, in the, in the beginning or at the end of the show, we can, uh, we should probably say this in the beginning because no one will be listening to this right now. (laughs) Well, no one's listening to it anyway, but. Uh, yeah, we could um, answer those questions in the beginning and uh, then move on with our lives. Well, I mean, yeah. So next time we ask for questions, we should do it in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh, uh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no one's going to, no one's going to, but it doesn't even have to be questions. Maybe just anything that is, uh, yeah, like thoughts maybe or provocative. Yeah. Because, you know, we, uh, I don't know. This is like a, a mix of maybe it's not even, it's probably not informative to anyone. Maybe it's just entertaining or maybe not, but. Maybe if there's something that you think would be entertaining for us to talk about. So no, it doesn't have sure. to be a question. Can be can even be one word. <laughs> just I'm just gonna get a bunch of fucks now, dude. <laughs> yeah, so all, all right. right I think that's yep. that's that's it. Yep. Yep. Talk soon, man. See you, Marek M D. <laughs> <laughs>